Welcome to Every Business Counts, the podcast which shows how money and numbers can support you to build a sustainable business. My name is Lynn Mann and I'm an accountant and a coach with over 20 years experience. In each episode, I will be exploring how money and your business numbers can help amplify the impact you want to make by focusing on purpose and profit. Because every business counts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Every Business Counts. My name's Lynn Mann and today I'm going to start with asking you a couple of questions. The first one is, are you optimizing your precious resources? And the second one is, are those resources moving you towards your purpose? Now, the second one actually is the most important for me because actually if your resources aren't moving you towards your purpose, then they're not really working for your business in the way that you want them to and you're not going to make the impact you want to do. So understanding what resources you need to move towards your purpose and how you can optimize them is really important. At the same time, allowing yourself to optimize those resources often means you can end up making a bigger impact because you can make more out of the resources you have. So what do I mean by resources? What are they? Well, the first one I want to look at is cash, surprisingly. Um, you know, cash is a key resource in every business. Without that, our business isn't sustainable and therefore can't continue. But I'm not going to focus too much on cash today because we covered it in a lot of detail in episodes 11 through 16. So if you really want to look at how to optimize your cash and things to look consider, then go back and listen to some of episodes 11 through 16. Now, the biggest resource probably in most organizations, most companies, is the people resources. Now, the main thing we'll think of when we think of people resources is time, so the time that's generating the product, the service, etc. But it's much more than that. You know, it's people that generate the ideas within the organizations. It's people that do the problem solving, that systemize things, that make them more effective and leverage that so you can create a bigger business. It's people that develop the relationships, not just within the organization, but with customers, with suppliers, and those relationships that are key for you to evolve your business. So optimizing people resources, and that might, by using the word optimizing, might not um, resonate with you. But but really, you know, when I'm talking people resources, I'm also talking about, about yourself. So actually being in a place where you are getting the most out of yourself, where the people in your team actually understand their purpose within the organization and are allowed to evolve that, are allowed to um, to deliver on that. Those are the instances where you will be getting the optimized um, results from working as a team within your business. Now, Again, I'm not going to dwell too much more on people resources because the next five episodes will be looking at people, looking at the hidden costs associated with people and looking at how you can actually um, work more effectively 
um, and what impacts the people within your organization. So then we come on to natural resources. Now, our natural resources can be finite resources like oil, gas. They can be things like um, gold, silver, precious, all these precious metals that there is only a limited amount of resources. And then we have the, I'm going to call them non-finite resources, but these are the things that we take for granted, but they're still a resource. So if we think about the air, our water, the sun, all of these actually are key resources within um, not necessarily our business, but will be somewhere in our supply chain. So for example, if you're using any kind of plant-based materials, then they will have um, drawn on the sun, they will have drawn on water, they will have drawn on the air. So really understanding what does impact your business, what are the risks associated with these resources and how they feed into your business is something that will really help you to then manage those risks. Now, this is something that really became clear with the next category, which is manufactured resources. So these are taking the natural resources, doing something to them and creating something else. So with the pandemic this year, there was a real um, awareness all of a sudden of potential risks with manufactured resources. So for example, I ordered some shutters from a local shutter company back at the beginning of January company we've used before and we expected the product to arrive in the UK to be fitted within eight to ten weeks which was normal. Now because of the pandemic we had China shut down so the products couldn't actually be manufactured. Then we had um, the products couldn't when they were manufactured they got stuck in the ports and then couldn't get into the UK so it was actually June before the shutters were able to be installed. Now, for this um, supplier who's a small local business, this actually had a huge impact on their business because they weren't able to get the materials they needed to actually operate. They were, there was nothing they could do that was totally out of their control. And they weren't the only business that impacted. You know, there were major big companies that were impacted where key supplies of materials or components that were manufactured in in China couldn't make it to, um, say, the UK, the US, wherever it was, to be able to be pulled together into that final product. So again, understanding that and knowing where there is a potential risk just helps you understand more about your business. So I've touched a bit here on being aware of the risks, um, but it's not just all about risk. It's not just about that impact of not managing it. Yes, there is an impact of not managing things, particularly with, with, say, cash. Um, Last week, when I had Jo Salter on the episode, she talked about the risk to brand as a result of not being aware of your supply chain. But there's also a lot of opportunities that arise from understanding this and managing your resources. So brand, if we go there immediately, be by understanding your supply chain, by engaging with um, 
suppliers who are aligned with your values and your purpose and you're creating a purpose-driven product, then that, that actually adds value to your business, to your product. So there's, there are opportunities here that we can draw on. Now, I want to touch on utilities before I go further into to opportunities. Now, when I was in corporate, I remember that when people were starting to, to be aware of trying to, to manage resources, trying to be more green, the first things that were looked at were actually utilities. So did we need to have the lights on? Were we um, using more electricity, et cetera, than was required? And paper waste, you know, did we need to be printing things out? All those kind of things. So that to me is almost like the basic. And now we can really see how this has moved on much further. So if we want to look at waste and where, where things are costing us, we can actually use our, our numbers, our, our business finances to help to do that because we can start to drill down and see where our big costs are and whether there is in waste any waste. And there's real opportunities where there is waste has been highlighted. Um, and there's also potential to create new product lines from this or to reduce costs. If we look at um, Waitrose, for example, earlier this year, it trialed basically instead of having products which were packaged up, they would have a dispenser on the wall and people could go and fill up their, their own cartons, um, saving them a lot in, in plastic waste, which benefits the planet as a whole. And we have the likes of um, H&M, Zara, The Body Shop and Lush, all of whom encourage customers to bring back either clothes they've bought in terms of H&M and Zara or in as regards to The Body Shop and Lush to bring back the containers so that they can be recycled. And in doing this, they actually give a voucher back to the person who's brought it to the customer. And this helps to increase brand loyalty. It helps to encourage people to, to spend more money with them. So there's a real benefit. Not only are they recycling, so with regards to the clothes, they can be um, either sold on or they can be um, used to create new clothes. Or with the packaging, then the packaging can be used again. Now, again, going back to um, the episode last week, one of the things that um, Joe Salter did when the pandemic struck and we needed masks was she actually used waste materials that had been left over from the tunics, the African tunics they made to create really unique, colourful masks. So it's really looking at what waste do you have and how can you use it? Now, if you're, you're thinking here, well, well, actually, everything I do is is digital. Everything I um, produce is is kind of creative content. Then look at how you can use that. How can you repurpose what you've done? Um, and look at things like how can you, how are you actually um, hosting that site? So are you being most effective? Are you using green suppliers where you can? So there are things that you can do, even if you're a totally online um, organization. Now, there's other businesses which have 
come up and actually used other people's waste to create new products. So for example, Thread International. Thread International was started um, as an organization that collected plastic bottles in Haiti. And they now have um, this whole business where they collect the plastic bottles. They then um, grind these bottles down to create little plastic um, grains, which are then created into fabric. Now, the thing about thread is, and one of the what they sell it on, is that they know where exactly where everything has come from. So they know each mile is how they put it of the supply chain. Um, and then they then sell on the materials to other businesses who want to create um, purpose-driven businesses. Now, one of those is Timberland. They've used them in their, sh- their boots. They've also, um, Timberland has also created a liaison with a, a tire um, company in the US. So they will are now using recycled tires within their shoes. So if you can looking here, this is where we're drawing on the innovation of people, where businesses actually start to look at what they can do differently and how they can optimize not only what's going on in the waste in their organization, but how they can bring in other organizations as well. Now, this has also happened in some organizations in the UK, well, probably more than something, quite a few, but a few I'm just going to give you examples of are um, BioBean. BioBean um, creates logs from coffee grounds. So they basically would go around and collect all the waste coffee grounds from coffee shops in London. And then they create them into logs, which can then be used on fires. Now, two innovative companies that use um, waste bread, and apparently there's a huge, um, something ridiculous like 40% of bread is wasted, um, are toast and jaw brew. What they both do is create the bread into beer. So one of the stats I saw recently was that in the UK alone, 7.4 million tonnes of carbon emissions could actually be reduced in the UK if it, they reduced the amount of organic waste that was put into the landfill. And this would be by 2030. So if we look at how businesses are actually coming on board and they're using leftover foods, leftover waste and things like that, then we can see actually how we can benefit the planet. Another stat I saw, which was from the, um, again, from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, which was amazing, was that $700 billion um, could be saved by the fast-moving consumer goods industry, which is kind of like the food products and cleaning products and things like that, just by changing what they do. These are huge amounts of money we're talking about. And simply by by looking at where there's the waste and changing um, your processes and looking to do things differently, you can make a big impact, not only on the planet, but also on your business and on society as a whole. Now, going back to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, what that the foundation does is really promote circular economy. Now, the whole thing behind circular economy is that it 
you start with designing out waste and pollution. So there's a Scottish um, company called Vegware who makes things like cups and um, disposable, basically disposable plateware that is compostable. So instead of having the plastic plates and the plastic cups, you can actually get something that's there that is compostable. So immediately designing out kind of any sort of pollution. The other thing is to to look at keeping products and materials in use. So you're not generating that waste. There's a constant, instead of um, products and materials losing their value, you're actually keeping the value in the system. And this happens through changing business models. Now, an organization that has done this really well is Philips through their healthcare side and the imaging systems. What they do now is lease these to, to the hospitals, to the customers, rather than actually selling them. And what they've found is they actually have a higher level of hus- customer retention and they're able to reuse parts. So rather than a whole... Um, system being taken out and basically being dumped, they now will um, take out separate parts. And there's huge potential here for for similar things within mobile phones. So instead of people recycling a whole mobile phone or rather dumping it, you can make them so that you just take out certain parts of it and replace it when you upgrade them. It's really thinking about here, how do you do things differently? Is it a case of making um, new product lines? Is it a case of reducing costs that are coming in? Or is it just changing your business model totally? Now, one of the stories I read early on when I was looking at circular economy was in a book by Ken Webster. And it was about a Japanese farmer who really did things differently and as a result was much more profitable than um, US farmers with a similar size acreage. And what he did, he was a rice farmer and instead of using any pesticides or anything, what he did was um, bring in ducks and the ducks were there to to help keep back the, the weeds and allow the rice to grow. And at the same time, he brought in fish to allow them to, to swim in the between the fadi fields. And so instead of just having rice, he ended up having rice, he had duck eggs, he had fish, and he had duck meat. These were all things that he could then sell to generate his income. Just by looking at something differently, he was able to create an income which was much more sustainable and much greater than somebody who was just planting rice. So what I hope this has done is just made you kind of look at the opportunities that are out there and just think about actually what are you doing with your resources and is there a way to to make things work in a better way for you? And why would I want you to do this? Because it makes your business count. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Business Counts. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to our Facebook group, Every Business Counts, and share what you've enjoyed and your highlights. I look forward to sharing more with you next week. Bye for now.